Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Holy moly. It has been a juggle around here. And we got you on your Monday. All the information you're ever going to need. It is Nuanas now. Are you sure it's 4 o'clock, by the way? I mean, I don't even know, (laughs) man. I have no idea what time it is. I feel like I've been sitting right here since Friday night. Uh, it is Nuanas now, one-stop shop for all things sports. Maybe a little music talk as well every single weekday around the Treasure State right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television, and around the planet Earth on both the YouTube and the live stream. Want to listen live or watch us live, however you want to consume it, go to 1029ESPN.com, click on the Listen Live tab, you'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call, we got a lot of things to talk about today. 361-3688. That's 361-3688. You can also text that number as well. Riesel forward those texts along to us. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me in studio. We're going to talk all sorts of things. It's supposed to be the Montana basketball hour. We're going to do the Montana football hour for half an hour, the Montana basketball hour for about 45 minutes, go back to the second half of the Montana football hour, and then we'll get into some NFL. The reason we're doing Montana football hour on Monday, January 25th, well, if you live in a cave, Montana State head coach Jeff Choate, gone like a ghost in the night. He's on his way to Texas, so we'll get into all the analysis of that. What does it mean for the Montana State Bobcats? What does it mean for Jeff Choate? What does it mean for the Montana Grizzlies? And what does it mean for the Big Sky Conference at large? Uh, We're going to do that, uh, and then also have an interview with Jeff Choate as well, share about 10 minutes of sound here in the first hour, and then get to a little bit more about what this means from a broader level uh, in the second hour. Also, we will jump into the Montana basketball hour as well. It's rivalry week. Of course, we haven't had any sports to cover 
in 10 weeks. And then it's just like the biggest scoop of the last five years comes down the pipeline to then make sure that it matriculates into the rivalry week. Why wouldn't it? I was just thinking of that on the drive over here today. I'm like, you know, for all of those days and months that we went through with nothing to talk about or even anything to circulate storylines, now it all comes flying. This is a perfect day, the best day to be on Sports Talk Radio in the state of Montana because there is so much to cover. Can't wait. And I know I'm with the right guy on the air, too, because you, uh, your phone, if you went over your minutes, by the way, in the oh last weekend. Well, Thank God I got the unlimited data. Jeez. I know. So I, I, I bet you I'm going to start, Jeff Cho with a little personal story here. And I'm not complaining, but this is funny. This is this is the inside look of a life of a radio guy who also is a, a beat journalist. Uh, I shouldn't even say on the side. As a full-time gig outside of this. I, uh, I've been doing my spin classes. I've been trying to be a really good boy, try to eat a salad every day, go to spin three to four times a week. Coulter's unavailable between noon and one. That's in right. In she didn't know. That's right. So Friday, hit my spin class. It was great. Really good workout. And uh, just had a salad and a shake for lunch, so I was feeling good. And, uh, and then I planned, Kyle Sample stopped by the second hour at uh, 5 p.m., and uh, I had planned on going to dinner with him after the show. And so I was pretty hungry. And about 5.48, I get a text on my phone can't reveal my sources, but said, Joe just told the Montana State staff that he's out. He's out to Texas. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, nah, it's, it's, it's a go. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's on. I'm getting on the internet. All of a sudden, I'm saying, okay, Sarkeesian just finalized his staff. He hired Mike Stoops as the linebackers coach. My initial tip had been that Choate had been hired as a linebackers coach. I'm thinking, okay, well, Stoops has already gotten hired. The special teams coach has already been hired. Jeff Banks has already been hired from Alabama as special teams coach. So th- th- this must be jumping the gun. What do I get? So I start making calls, start making calls. Well, regardless, the whole point is that I'm sitting in the studio for about three and a half more hours eating Cheez-Its for dinner because I'm so <laughs> freaking hungry. I can't even think. I'm like sweating because this is a huge deal, a huge scoop. So regardless, whatever we got it out, we got to confirm all that. But then the dominoes kept falling over the weekend, and it was a pretty crazy weekend as well. Initial reports Friday night was that Montana State defensive coordinator Kane Ione was going to be in the mix at least as an interim choice for the head coach. But he had already, and this is completely unattached from this Jeff Choate move, been in the mix as potential assistant at Boise State. Well, he gets offered the Boise State job. He can't wait because in the state of Montana, you you can name an interim coach, but you can't make a direct hire without opening up the position. It's against state law as a state institution. You have to open up for a hire, whether it's statewide, national search, whatever it is. You can't do it. I, uh, so basically, Coach Ione had to either decide, I'm going to take the job that I've been offered, that's a job, or I'm going to put myself in the mix to be the head coach. But he had to take the Boise State job because you can't. You have to take the job to have a job, else all of a sudden you might not get either job, and then you have no job. And that's not the situation you want to be in. So we'll continue to track that part of it. But then all of a sudden it comes out that because this was an assistant hire where Steve Sarkeesian had made a call and Pete Kwiatkowski, that's the, the true connector here. We'll get into that element of it with Jeff Choate to Texas. But uh, because of all this, all the, the, the internet wins again, or I guess in this case loses again because this is unfortunate. Choate didn't have a chance to tell his players before it, it broke. And people ask me, well, why was it a different situation than Boise? Well, here's my analysis on that. Head coaching jobs, they're always going to be under searches. Searches, especially at state universities, are always going to be under privy to public information. So you can do a public information request to get 
the documents of who's applied for a job, who's getting interviews on campus, all that sort of stuff. It's always going to be a more elongated process. So you're always going to have a lot more publicity around it. So Choate was a finalist for the Boise State job, but that was a two, two-and-a-half-week deal. So he was on campus in Bozeman communicating with his players, his staff. This is what's going to happen if this happens. This is what's going to happen if this happens. So there's no surprises. When you're an assistant and, boom, all of a sudden your phone rings and it's Steve Sarkeesian and, hey, Jeff, would you like to be the co-defensive coordinator? It's a yes or no answer within the span of, I'd say, probably half a day. So you have to figure it out. And so I think that a lot of times you can't control the information. So you can you can scrutinize Cho for not telling his players, but he did tell them on Saturday it's impossible to uh, to analyze the information. So I, I want to get into a little bit of the details of all this, but rather just your initial reaction to this because we had already talked about Cho to Boise, and we thought it was kind of all calm on the Western Front, and then boom, shocking. It, it hit us like a tidal wave, and I was shocked that it, it came. I mean, initially you get the call and it's thinking, okay, once Boise State kind of passed through, everyone thought the the storm was going to be calmed a little bit. And then this pops up out of nowhere. And I think of all of what you just said there, maybe the most prudent part of that is that you get a half day to decide when, when you get called for a coordinator position like this. And although it was shocking at first, the more that we've talked about it and the more that you get the broader scope, it makes sense. And you really can't fault Jeff Choate whatsoever. But from the shock factor point of view, it's huge. I, I mean, it's as big of a move as you're going to see in the FCS coaching ranks. Because let's call it quite simply, we're going to talk about North Dakota State and their run, what's going on here at Montana, as just a trickle-down effect from it. And there's not big-time profile jobs that come open like this, especially, and you look at it on paper, for some it may seem like, a lateral move to some. I mean, if you're the head coach of FCS and you go to FBS, but when you really lay it out there and with the trend of how coaching is working, Coulter, if you want to be or you have higher aspirations to be an FBS head coach, this is kind of the route to go. So it makes sense, all things considered, with Coach Choate. To put it in perspective, Texas football generated $190 million in profits last year. The Longhorn Network made twice as much money as the Big Ten Network. The Big Ten Network has all the biggest fan bases outside of the SEC in the country. It's the most populous conference in the country when you talk about the 14 schools in the Big Ten. The Longhorn Network still made twice as much money as the Big Ten Network. You're talking about an obscene amount of money. People say Texas is a dead-end job. That's the farthest thing from the truth that you could have. Texas has had bad hires that haven't recruited well. All it takes to the only thing that you're missing at Texas is talent, and that's it. You have support, you have money, you have facilities, you have everything. The only thing you need to do to win at Texas is not let Miles Garrett go to Texas A&M, <laughs> not let Robert Griffin III go to Baylor, not let Johnny Manziel go to A&M, not let you know. I'm sure LSU's had a half a dozen guys. All you got to do is recruit the best Texas guys to stay at Texas. You're going to win at Texas and, and beat Oklahoma three out of four years. That's exactly that. right. So let, what do we know? Let's take it to the through the timeline. It is Nuanez now. Riley Corcoran but, in studio with me. Before we get into that, I want to know the same question right back at you though. How shocked were you at all of this, especially after the Boise State song and dance kind of ended? Were you surprised how quickly it happened with everything? I wasn't. I wasn't surprised by a lot of it. I was. I was. I was initially shocked that it was happening. But then once I started thinking about it, almost none of it shocked me. One, Jeff Choate is a very restless person. He's never stayed anywhere for longer than six years. So that part, it's kind of, we have a, a timeline. We have a, a sample size. The other thing, and here's the timeline, This and this is what didn't surprise me. Pete Kukowski, who was in Montana for six years as the defensive coordinator of Mike Kramer's staff, 2000-2005, he then climbed the ranks first at Boise State alongside Jeff Choate and then at the University of Washington. 
Pete Krakowski, I think, is one of four defensive coordinators in the country that was getting paid more than a million dollars this last year. With Chris Peterson's retirement at Washington and then the promotion of Jimmy Lake, not Pete Krakowski, I thought Krakowski would probably be not long for that job in Washington. So then when Pete Krakowski leaves Washington to join Texas's staff under Sarkeesian, I thought, well, that puts Choate in a position because Choate could have then lobbied for a job back at Washington, where he spent two years with Kukowski and Jimmy Lake, or maybe he has a connection to Kukowski. Well, that's exactly what happened, and this actually started with a phone call from Nick Saban. Nick Saban called Jeff Choate. Nick Saban called the Montana State's administration list a little bit as well, and then that started the ball rolling, and then all of a sudden Mike Stoops is out even though he was hired. You talk about boosters having control. Mike Stoops hired by Texas, not officially confirmed, and then because of bad performances in the Red River shootout when he was the D.C. at Oklahoma, he's abruptly removed, and all of a sudden then Kwiatkowski says, I want to hire my right-hand man, and now chose the defensive, the co-defensive coordinator in Austin. Hold on now. The Nick Saban the you're Nick talking Saban. about. Okay. The Nick Saban. Just wanted to make sure on that. So, that, I mean, that that's unbelievable in itself. Um, other things that we know... Here, let's let's give Jeff Choate's tale of the tape here. It is Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. And then we'll get some reactions from Choate because I did have a emergency Zoom call. Okay, so my, not my, my personal story continues, though. Our lovely office manager, Liz, she is from the East Coast. She's never been skiing before. She, as part of one of our great giveaways on the trail, by the way, listen to the Trail Morning Show with Robert Chase, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. every single morning, 103.3 FM. Missoula's favorite radio station. Uh, they're doing giveaways for first-time skiers. So all you got to do is uh, just listen in, and they're the giveaway packages for lessons. Well, we wanted to have an in-house experience, and Liz had never skied before, so we say, okay, we're going to take you up to Lookout. You're going to learn how to snowboard. So I was, I had planned on driving Liz up there and having a little ski day myself. So then, of course, this all breaks. I stay up until 2 in the morning on Friday night, so I'm already dragging on Saturday morning. And then I get a text from Montana State saying, hey, we're going to have an impromptu Zoom call at 11. I was like, dude, I'm driving to Lookout Pass. I'm in the middle of the trees. Anybody that's driven through that neck of the woods, there's no service for 60 miles. So I'm like, okay, i got to time this out. So I ended up getting in and uh, getting on the Zoom call from St. Regis at the Huckleberry Palace or whatever it is there. That's where you're on the Zoom call. (laughs) Exactly. You can't make this stuff up. I know, you can't make this stuff up. Okay, so here we are. So I'll give you the Zoom call here in about two seconds. But tail of tape for Choke, 28 and 22 overall. Uh, that means 24 and 22 in games, not against the Grizzlies. Never finished higher than the third in the Big Sky Conference, but did make the playoffs each of the last two years. Went 19 to nine over the last two years, including three playoff wins. Advanced to the semifinals of the FCS playoffs for the first time since 1984 last year. Um, and of course, he beat the Grizzlies four times in a row. Two of those Grizz wins were against ranked Grizz teams that accounted for seven total wins over. Uh, top 25 teams in 20 total matchups. So he did play, I mean, in uh, exactly 50 games as the head coach, 20 of the 50 teams that he played were ranked teams. So there were, were, were pretty tough schedules for uh, the Bobcats, 18 and 14 overall in the Big Sky Conference, including 14 and 14 other than the Grizz. Leaves Montana State having never beaten Eastern Washington, Weber State, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, or Sacramento State. But he never lost to Montana. He talks a little bit about this here. Here's Jeff Choate's opening statement, plus a couple questions from me, 1029 ESPN Missoula. One thing that, uh, just for, for your information, you can ask me questions about specifics, but I am not at liberty to discuss that at this point in time. That's, I've always considered that to be the university that is is 
you're going to, it's their job to announce the hire, not the university that you're leaving. And, and Bill and I have always kind of had that approach with the 15 guys that I've lost here over the last five years. So uh, we may as well keep that going with me. Um, so again, I'll, I'll be speaking primarily in kind of broad terms. And so, you know, with that being said, this has been a really, really interesting um, last four or five weeks for me. I, I, I've been really fortunate, I think, to have uh, built a reputation in this business uh, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a position to interview for a job like Boise. And there were some other things that came up. This was not the only opportunity that fell in my lap over the last couple of weeks. Um, but this was the one that was the right fit for me at this point in time. And there's a variety of reasons. And as I told our players, I mean, the why is kind of irrelevant, but I know that's what people are going to want to know. And what I can promise you is that the why is not about Montana state. It's not about, you know, Leon not doing everything he could to help make this the best place for me and my family. Waded, not, I mean, she gave us so much tremendous support. And so this was not about Montana state, not trying to do what they had to do to keep me here. That is not what this is about at all. And, and I know you don't know me well, uh, Bill can probably speak to this. I'm a man of principle and conviction. And, uh, you know, if I'm going to talk to these young men about, hey, you've got to take a jump. You, if you want to be great, if you want to achieve your goals, if you want to live your dream, you're not going to get that by standing on the sidelines. So go put yourself out there and, and be your best self. And whatever happens, you can live with it. And I have, uh, I've, I've tried to live my life with no regrets. And I have absolutely no regrets about my time in Bozeman, Montana. Um, I love this place. My son is a bobcat. My wife is uh, a little upset, <laughs> um, but I think we all know that you know when I, it was very difficult for me to do this sitting in my in, in my office because the emotion just would overcome me. And what I had to do is I had to separate myself from um, from that building, being around the coaches that I love and respect, um, the the players that are the only reason that we're here and um, go for a walk with my wife, clear my head. And when I looked at it from a, um, it was pretty much a slam dunk from the standpoint of what I needed to do professionally to advance my career and uh, to take that chance to, to grab the, that brass ring down the road maybe. And so um, there's a variety of reasons. There's a variety of reasons. I've gone all over it with my pros and cons list and and, and so forth. Um, it was unfortunate the way it went down. That's one of the things that I regret that, uh, you know, this wasn't something that I was aware of early in the week. This started to happen on Wednesday and didn't really get legs until yesterday. And uh, so, um, you know, I know sometimes it can come off as disingenuous. I just think, you know, people have to understand in this day and age, I can't control I can't control the message. And uh, that was unfortunate because I did have to kind of scramble last night and put together a Zoom meeting at 7.30. And then, uh, you know, after that, call my staff. And and, uh, um, and so that was unfortunate and um, that was definitely regrettable. But I did get an opportunity to address the team today. And I know that Leon's got a really good plan in place. One thing I can tell you is this isn't a house of cards. There's a great foundation here at Montana State. And I know they're going to attract a high quality candidate who is going to be able to, you know, add that little bit that uh, can get this program over the hump and, and, and winning that championship. And so um, uh, my wife gets mad at me because this has kind of been my MO. You know, it's like build, 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 build the house, 
don't let the landscaping come in, you know, finish the building, no yard, leave. Um, and that's just an analogy, I think, for this place. And so, and I, and I have, I, I've kind of had a tendency to do that. And I think it's because I'm really driven by the process. I really love the process. And that's what kind of fuels my fire. And not to say that it's over here, but I think that there's an opportunity for me to continue to grow in this profession. Um, you know, financially, I was at the ceiling of probably what a place like this can do, but that was not the primary reason for this. Um, it was for, you know, me to live my values. And uh, as REO Speedwagon said, once it's time for me to fly. So happy to take any questions. You were listening to Montana State head football coach Jeff Choate about his departure from MSU to Texas. What was the culture like when you, I guess, what's the biggest difference you think you guys have made from a positive fashion in terms of changing the culture at Montana State? I think you, I think we've done a really good job of keeping the main thing, the main thing. Uh, and I think culture starts with vision. Like that's, that's what drives the culture. You got to kind of know what you want it to look like. And the, the first piece of my vision here at Montana state was to take care of my people and add value to their lives. And, uh, and our people are our support staff, our coaching staff, you know, I mean, Bill, I think can attest to this, you know, I make a point to stop into Bill's office almost every day. And it's not because, you know, his office is spacious and, and clean and neat and I have a nice place to sit. Um, it's because I want him to know that I value him and his role here at Montana State. And that's the type of culture that we wanted to build was to make sure that the, the, the support staff, they're there for our student athletes, my staff, and uh, most importantly, our student athletes knew that my number one job was to take care of them and add value to their life. And, uh, and I think that's why we've been able to drive this culture is because we've kept it about our people. And most importantly, we've always made decisions in conjunction with Leon and Waded uh, to do what was best for our players here at Montana State. You coached ball in a lot of places. What was the number one thing you learned being a head coach for the first time? <laughs> I don't have all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I just think it's a different role. And, and it was, there was a, there was a, I think there's always going to be kind of that learning curve for somebody that hasn't sat in that chair. One of the challenging things at Montana state and really in hindsight, uh, one of the cool things about Montana state is that there's this, um, you know, our fan base and the way kind of the way we make things work here with funding, you know, there's no one huge donor that we kind of go to, to get us taken care of. I mean, there's, I think over 400 donors contributed to the new facility. And so it's this family and at first you're like, oh gosh, I got to you know do the Eastern Montana swing, or I've got to go do this. And then after a while, you really learn to appreciate that. But as far as like how, how you balance that as a head coach, that was my biggest challenge, because year one I wanted to be the defensive coordinator, the D line coach, the special teams coordinator, and the head coach. Well, um, what I learned in a hurry was put all that stuff aside and just be the head coach and hire good people and let them do their job. And so I'd say that was probably the number one thing. Just because of the way you grew up and where you're from. Was that part sort of uh, revitalizing for you? You know, kind of a small town Montana angle, going to places like Plentywood and and getting to know kind of the salt of the earth people. Yeah, and those people are, I mean, they're just great Bobcats, and they're just um, they're so sincere. It's authentic. You know, there's nothing pretentious about it. We're not going to country clubs. You know, it's just uh, it, it's real people, and uh, I know both Janet and I really appreciated that. Two more for me. One, what was the hardest part about this decision for you? my family and our players. Um, the hardest conversation that I had was with my son. 
that was the hardest conversation. My daughter was my biggest cheerleader. She's always up for an adventure. Um, and then talking to our staff and players because that was, I mean, I'm, I'm invested here. I never cheated anybody here, Colt. I never cheated anybody. I gave this place my best and I gave those boys my best. And, uh, you know, when you put your whole self into something, it's going to hurt. And, uh, that's okay. You know, that pain is means you're alive. And, uh, sometimes you got to go through that. You were listening to Montana State head football coach Jeff Choate about his departure from MSU to Texas. Last one for me. No such thing as unfinished business in college football because the job's never done, right? But, I mean, what do you think of the status of the program that you leave it in, and what is the potential for Montana State? I think the sky's the limit. I mean, I think, uh, you know, there's some things that are on the horizon that, you know, bigger picture stuff with the NCAA and potentially even, you know, even the Big Sky Conference with, you know, SUU moving to the WAC and, so there's some of those things, but that doesn't really affect the football team on a day-to-day basis. And uh, I think that um, coming off of one of the best seasons in over three decades, moving into, uh, I think, what's going to end up being the Taj Mahal of facilities in the in, in the uh, Big Sky Conference and having the energy of a new coach to be able to push this thing forward a little bit. And um, and I'm not saying that I'm, I was out of energy. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I just, you know, you know when, you know when it's time. And um, it's way better to know when it's time than it is to, out, you know, wear out your welcome. And I think this program is poised for greatness. It is poised for greatness. Great leadership in athletics and on the university side, a loaded roster, a great group of young men. I'm very hopeful that they will retain our staff and keep that intact because I think that continuity is a huge part of the success here. And, uh, and it's time for those guys to roll. Thanks, Bill. Coach, thank you for, for your time and, and congratulations on all the continued success. Can, can you just, having been on FBS and FCS levels, can you just describe the difference and, and maybe what's, what's, what does the FCS level have that's even better than the FBS level? I'm glad you asked that question. You know, I think that the things that are better about the FBS level are pretty obvious. The resources, um, the the staff, the the army of people that get your job done. And um, that's really cool. The game day experience is phenomenal. Um, and I think as, as competitors, we always want to test ourselves against the best. And so that opportunity is very enticing. The thing that I think is where, where the FCS trumps some things, and I think I've said this before, you know, it's just, it's just more authentic. I mean, this isn't a transactional deal. It's about the players and not all of them. And most 99% of your guys know they're not playing in the NFL. There's going to be that. Maybe it's a little bit more, you know, I'm sure there's probably more than 1%, but there's a, there's a small group of kids that actually have the ability to go on and continue to play football. So I think they kind of soak up the college experience a little bit more at this level. And it's more, maybe a little bit more, you know, there's a little more business involved at the next level because there is some there is a back end for a lot of those athletes. And so um, I really appreciate that about the FCS 11. I think it, it is a great brand and level of football. The combination of having this, you know, five, 10%, whatever it is of our student athletes that are good enough to play power five football and potentially good enough to go to the NFL. And this group of guys that just become a family and they love ball. And, uh, you know, they go fishing on the Gallatin, you know, during two days or, well, we don't have two days anymore, but back in the day, um, you know, I think those things are pretty unique to this level. 
Unique indeed. One thing I always appreciated about Jeff Choate was his ability to have been at the highest level, but also appreciate this level. And I think in certain ways, I think at 20 years, if you sat down with Jeff Choate and he asked him, not what was the most exciting or maybe even the most, uh, how do you even say this? I think that Choate will, will have the, the most fond and pure memories of his time in Montana State than anywhere else. And he told me that last year. He said, man, when I was at Washington, it seemed like every other conversation I was having was guys just saying, coach, how are you going to get me the NFL? Where at Montana State, it's like, coach, how can I even break the two deep? They're just trying to, how do I run out of the tunnel? How do I dress for a homecoming? And that's what this level is all about. And I think Cho just did a great job of just buying in with the culture, establishing his culture. You know, and we've talked a lot about this culture on air and off the air, me and you. Jeff Choate is so comfortable within his own skin, right, in the sense of just being able to be himself, um, to be transparent when it comes to the challenges that they face on a day-to-day basis, but also at the same time, he really elevated the program in his time there. And again, and you heard it with the, those last couple of minutes, he left it better than he found it. At the end of the day, can't be too disappointed about that. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula statewide at uh, SWX Montana Television. It is Nuana is now with Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, breaking down some Bobcat stuff. Montana State head coach Jeff Choke going to the University of Texas. Here's what we're going to do. We have a couple more minutes, but we're up against it, so we're going to stay ahead instead of following behind. I got three questions. And by the way, if you want to know some emerging and initial candidates for this job, go to skylandsportsmt.com. Get yourself a subscription. It's only 8 bucks a month. You're going to love it. I got a story up there but with about 13 guys that have already either expressed interest or been in the mix. If you ask me how I do it, don't worry about it. It's uh, it's a secret. It's James <laughs> Bond stuff, but it's all good information. It's I mean, the longer you work in this business, the more you realize that the coaching trees and the coaching circles, they're just so small. They're, you're one degree away from anybody if you really want to be. Regardless, go to skylandsportsmt.com. At the top of the hour, we'll share a little bit more from Coach Choate about his departure to Texas, and we're going to ask answer three questions specifically about Montana State. What are their top priorities internally? What does this move mean for Montana State in the immediate future? What are the top priorities for the hire? And what are the ramifications when it comes to transferring? And we'll also analyze the way this looks around the rest of the Big Sky Conference as well. Montana Basketball Hour, we're going to get that rolling right after this big weekend of Big Sky Hoops around the Treasure State and uh, abroad as well. Riley was in Sacramento, so we'll give you some stuff about the Grizz men as well as Bobcat men and the women's teams as well. is now back after this. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's 
going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well. If you stay two nights in January of 2021, you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing. Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate. So if you book, all you got to do is book through the hotel directly. Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula. Limited to one free beaker per customer. But stay two nights, January 2021. Free growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing. And tell them. Nuan is now sent you. I see a little silhouette of a man. Now you got to pick up and sing the rest of the song now, Coulter. Do you like Wayne's World? Yes. Who does not like <laughs> Wayne's World? Come on. That's, that's as good as it gets, man. Remember when Saturday Night Live used to rule the world and not Twitter? Good times. Yeah, how long ago was that? Oh, my God. It seems like 17 <laughs> lifetimes Man. ago. Nuwana is now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. We had the Montana football hour sort of at only half an hour, but we had to get to the Jeff Choate news right off the top. He's headed to Texas. But now it is time for the Montana basketball hour where we recap all of the happenings around the state of Montana, around the Big Sky Conference, specifically with the Division I programs in the state of Montana, but we'll also be touching on Frontier Conference, high schools, and all that. But we got to get to the college scores first and foremost. Uh, the biggest piece of news out of the weekend from Hoops, the Montana State men won for the seventh straight time on Saturday, moving to 6-0 in league play by gutting out a 58-53 win at Northern Arizona. 6-0, the Bobcats are alone in first place in the Big Sky Conference. And my God, it's rivalry week this week. Only in Montana could there be a coaching change on the football side that dominated the headlines when it's about to be two great, uh, two back to back great weekend or uh, games for both the men's and women's Bobcat and Grizzly basketball team. Oh, I totally think it's ironic. I mean, once there was the go ahead that we were going to start with basketball season. What's the first game that's always circle on the calendar? Okay, it's this week. Now Now it's more the thinking within athletic departments, and I can speak to what happened here in Missoula. I'm sure the same in Bozeman of our, okay, let's just get to that week. It's so much to look forward to, and now the floodgates open, and it's like, holy smokes, can we push this week back a little bit? We've got so much going on. But they're actually playing games when it comes to basketball, so sure. we're going to spend a lot of time on this this week for sure. Thursday, I got all the coaches lined up. At least I haven't heard back from Travis Secure quite yet, but I'm expecting Montana to have, obviously, some availability from him. Uh, but we do have live, uh, interviews lined up with Montana State's Trisha Binford and Danny Sprinkle, as well as Montana's Mike Petrino. So we'll play all of those interviews for you on Thursday to get you primed for the first of two rivalry games. That's going to be an interesting factor. What do you think of that part? We talked about the... Uh, back-to-backs, but from a rivalry perspective, this is fascinating, right? It's it's very fascinating for two levels. Number one, just the doubleheader. I feel that that's just one of the best days in Montana. Sports-wise, yes, the date of the Grizz-Cat-Grizz football game. You know, you could even say in a roundabout way your state tournaments for high school basketball and high school wrestling, but really, this is just a, a pinnacle of sports, I think, in Montana when you have the doubleheader, the women's game at two, the men's game at seven, everyone clears out, primed, full houses, ready to go. So I think that's going to be the one fascinating part. The other thing, and we talked about this too on the Inside the Den podcast that released today, was the, the f- fact that they're going to split sites where you're playing one yep. game in Missoula Thursday, one game in Bozeman Saturday. It seems on paper that both of these could be lining up for a split, but again, we'll see if someone can win on the road. No question. It was a big weekend though for Montana State to move to 6-0. I still remain, I, I think they, 
on one hand, 6-0 start with wins over Northern Colorado and NAU from our lens is an impressive one, twofold. Sweeps are as good as gold in the league this year because of the back-to-backs. And Montana lost to UNC and NAU, so it gives a little bit of validity to those wins. That said, the next three weeks are going to be huge weeks for Montana State. They have Montana, the home-and-home, and they have Weber, and they have Eastern Washington. So uh, tough sledding coming up for the Bobcats. Shifting gears to the Grizzlies, and this is why I'm excited about uh, the partnership that we have forged. I'm sitting here breaking football news while you're sitting in Sacramento calling basketball games. And so I, full disclosure, I watched the um, game Thursday in its duration, and I, I was very impressed with Montana. I, I was texting you about it. We did our little hit on, on Friday. But I didn't watch much of Saturday's action. Just take us through what changed as Montana fell in double overtime to Sac State on Saturday. Uh, there were a lot of different layers to this uh, because the the back-to-back nature of the games, I think you can make the argument that Travis DeCure and Brian Katz, the head coach for Sacramento State, are probably two of your best as far as adjustments are concerned from game to game. So what were the Grizzlies going to do? The, the short scope of it is if you didn't watch this team this weekend – they kind of unveiled a new offense, or at least a new offensive strategy in the sense of their their strength coming into this game, or at least coming into the season, they thought was going to be in their front court play. The forwards, the centers, a little bit different than what Coach Secure has been accustomed to, at least in years past, where you're going to go through the Michael Stebbins, the Kyle Owens, the Josh Bandons of the world, and as your freshman backcourt of Brandon Whitney and Robbie Beasley kind of get acclimated to Division One basketball, you ride the big guys to start. Well, that flipped on Thursday. For the first time, they really went to a three-guard lineup on the floor, and you have to throw Cam Parker in the mix as well. He's the junior, the transfer from Sacred Heart, and he was really the X factor. We're going to talk a lot about Brandon Whitney and what he was able to do from a scoring front, but to me, the X factor in all this was Cam Parker because he came out on the floor, Coulter, in those two games. He had 12 assists, just one turnover, scored 20 points in the game on Saturday, so that was the big difference as far as Saturday's game's concerned. Brian Katz adjusted, and Michael Stebbin was in yep. serious foul trouble. He played just 13 minutes in yep. the entire yep. game, so the Grizz were in all sorts of combination, and it turned into a battle of attrition at the end. Double overtime, they fell. They had chances to win it, but they kind of ran out of guys. I mean, there were times on the floor where you had combinations of guys that didn't get into games earlier this year were playing. So it, it was a tough battle. It's always tough to garner those road sweeps. That's why Montana State, with two of them already, that's mighty impressive. But for Montana, I did see signs of growth. I know it on paper, it looks as a split, but they looked much better. It was aesthetically pleasing to watch them play offensively, for sure. sure. So I do think it's a mini step forward, but again, the mood on the way home on Saturday was frustration because they let another game slip away where they had a double-digit lead in the first half. And another one by single, what, just two points of the eventual loss now? Six six points now. So, I mean, every game has been two possessions or fewer. So we got five big sale losses for the Grizz by a total of 14 points. Correct. Amazing. Yeah, insane. So one of the things, it is Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula, statewide, SWX, Montana Television. One thing you and I have talked about is um, just the striving to find some sort of role definition to then in turn build chemistry. I think that the fact that there's so many new faces and the style of program that Coach DeCure runs, there's always going to be internal competition, but it seemed like because there wasn't nearly as many non-conference games, that internal competition was taking place on the court in conference games. That's nobody's fault. That's just the circumstances we're in. But I think that there was guys that were maybe playing outside of what their role should be and or what their role needs to be because they were still trying to beat out another guy for minutes. 
Do you feel like there's more clarity in that realm? I thought his Travis Secure's move of bringing Kyle Owens off the bench on Thursday night was a good one. I thought reduced minutes for Josh Bannon was also good. I think Bannon, he struggled to shoot the ball. Bannon has a ton of potential. You can tell he's got an incredibly high IQ. He's really competitive. He knows the game. He's just struggled adjusting to just offensive shot making on the Division One level. But I think it's okay because he's a true freshman. It's okay to bring that guy off the bench. So, I mean, where are we at just with uh, defining roles and, and building more uh, chemistry in within those roles? I don't want to say it's completely there yet because, in all honesty, it's an ongoing process. And, again, to no fault of Josh Bannon, I agree with your analysis there that there was a lot put on him. And the coaching staff was very candid in saying that. We, we expected a lot out of certain guys to start. Maybe that wasn't fair to some. And Josh Bannon has a lot to adjust to, not only the Division One game, but just playing over here in the States, coming over from Australia, just being 19 years old and trying to adjust to everything. So I do think that it's becoming more clear, though. I would suggest or think that this Grizzly basketball team is going to stick with that three-guard rotation. And then from there, roles are defined more. I do think a big storyline from the weekend was just how you're seeing that freshman backcourt emerge. And at times, it seemed to me for the first time, really, you, you get the combo of Brandon Whitney and Robbie Beasley, and you see them on the floor at the same time. And I, I do not want to put any crazy expectations on these guys to start, but you get the feel of, okay, wow, if we could have these two guys in the backcourt for three to four years, this could be something really special that develops between these two. Maybe the Rory Ogine combo that you can see, because Brandon Whitney can do it all. Robbie Beasley's an elite scorer and a and just gives them pop. So uh, I think, again, an ongoing process. Kyle Owens really responded. That was nice to see for him. Uh, and really, Mac Anderson. And, and I know that that was a huge piece that came from Thursday. But when you're talking about your only Montana kid that gives the kind of effort Coach DeCure's looking for, has that right mindset, comes in, has a season-high 12 points, and then on yep. Saturday follows it up with a career-high 10 rebounds and yep. a career-high in minutes. I mean, that's what you're looking for. So to the role-defining, it's still ongoing for this team, but at least headed in the right direction. I think. Well, that's the whole thing, though, is now they have an example of of what coaches can talk until they're blue in the face of being ready when your turn is called. But when you're a kid, it just seems like that turn might take forever to come or that it might never come. And I think at this day and age, more than any other time, we're such a instant gratification society, so it's so easy to gravitate away from having patience. But to see a guy like Mac Anderson, who hardly played the first, you know, what, 10, 12 games of the season, but he was ready when his number was called, and he did produce. Now Coach Shakir can say, look at Mac. Mac was the 10th guy, and then Mac got playing time. Be ready to embrace your role. You don't have to play t- and try too hard. I think that's the number one thing that the young guys have encountered with the Grizz. They d- they try to do too much. Like th- like That's the hardest transition coming from uh, being a high school star, especially one that's a high-scoring one, to the Division One level, right? Your version of leading your team and trying hard is going to get in a bucket. But when it's not the time to go get the bucket, then all of a sudden you have a bunch of guys forcing stuff and taking bad shots. And I think that's where the Grizz have uh, hit some speed bumps because it's not for lack of effort or heart or any of that stuff. They just reach these points where guys try to take over the game at inopportune times and it disrupts the flow. And then they have these long scoreless streaks. So maybe this is a, another way to, to remedy that element. I agree with that. And you look at just the freshman trio from this year and then the sophomore core really from last year and the Kyle Owens, DJ Carter Hollingers, Josh Vasquez's of the world where, yes, that you need to learn. It takes a process of knowing that 
everything but points sometimes is important where scoring is not the only thing. And, and again, that was kind of the message that was reiterated to the Grizzlies throughout the course of the week. Mac Anderson, a perfect example. He answered that call. But again, more players need to learn really the Grizzly way. And I think that that's just that stopgap they're getting to at this point uh, before they break through. The pieces are there. They're in place. It's one of those seasons where, I, I mean, it could be frustrating throughout most of the year. And I would describe the first eight conference games as extremely frustrating for the Grizzlies. I mean, they've had the lead at the five-minute mark in seven out of those eight conference games with a double overtime loss mixed in. So the pieces are there. And learning how to contribute and help your team without scoring is the biggest piece in all of it. If you come in and and have six rebounds in an eight-minute stretch, whatever it might be, that stuff is valuable, and it's going to create a fascinating storyline for this week, Coulter, because for the first time in quite a while, you could say that these are coin flips, or at least on paper, is Montana State the favorite? Are, are, do you want to go that far yet? We're going to do that right <laughs> after the break. A couple more scores for you before we get into analyzing these upcoming matchups on both the women's and men's side. From the women's league, Montana State looked as good as they've looked all year long, particularly on offense. Against Northern Colorado, the Cats were in the 40s and 50s. Against Northern Arizona, they straight lit up the scoreboard. They won 76, or excuse me, 79-56 Thursday and 90-65 on Saturday. Lexi Deaton from right here in Missoula, Montana, Missoula Central Project, she had 22 points uh, and seven rebounds off the bench to lead the Lady Cats. And Leah Beatty had 14 points off the bench as five Bobcats scored in double figures. Lady Grizz side, they also got a sweep. They were a pinball machine on Thursday as well. 90 points against Sac State, 90-77 win. The Post dominated both Abby Anderson and Carmen G. Filler at 20-plus points. And uh, that's the way you beat Sac State. Get out in transition, have the bigs run rim to rim, and, and really hurt them there. Sac State made some good adjustments coming into Saturday's game. Really made the Lady Grizz work for it. But the Lady Grizz got out a 66-63 win. That's huge progress for Montana. Uh, it, even the last couple of years, they, they wouldn't have been able to close that game out. They, they, would, they, they, always had, they had these terrible cold stretches down the stretch of games, and they were able to, to, to lock up on defense and, and take care of business. So a sweep for the Lady Grizz as well. So sweeps for three out of the four Montana teams coming into the weekend, and both the women's teams from the Treasure State are sitting at 4-2 and two in league play. Good momentum coming in the rivalry. Great momentum, and we had that conversation a lot too of who's in that next tier. Well, both teams have a lot to prove. I think that both storylines coming into the women's matchups this weekend are, are very fascinating. And just to follow up on your point, for the Lady Grizz to win a game when they don't play their best and shoot one of 13 from three-point range, that does show progress. And for the Cats, they pulled it together. And Coach Binford, uh, the coaching matchup this weekend between Coach Binford and Coach Petrino is going to be fun to watch, too. Of, of It just seems that if it's a split, does that give the Lady Grizz momentum and also for the sweep for the Cats to try and keep it on their side of the ledger that, hey, we're still the premier program in the state? Both, uh, as we should be, not, we shouldn't be surprised at all, but both matchups have great storylines coming into the weekend. This is the Montana Basketball Hour. We're back with some Cat Grizz, Grizz Cat rivalry game analysis right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more.
Not enough caffeine for me. To finish my personal story, then I got stuck up at Lookout Pass. I had to dig my car out for four hours. Great customer service up there, though. And uh, shout out to the great folks at Lookout Pass. I had a great day skiing, and even though it was a pain, I did get out, and I did get home, you know, 10 p.m. So all's good in the world. It is new on us now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television, Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, as he does every Monday, marching through the Montana Basketball Hour, our second Montana Basketball Hour for 2021, and we'll keep on rolling all the way through Boise, all the way through the Big Sky Tournament, all the way through the NCAA Tournament. But it's a huge week this week in Montana. Cat Grizz, Grizz Cat, whatever you want to call it, I just call it the rivalry game, and those are on the horizon. We have uh, interviews with all the coaches coming up later on this week on Thursday. We'll also have our a regular around the Big Sky Women's Basketball with Krista Redpath on Thursday as well. But Riley and I will be talking a lot of Grizz hoops and, and Cat hoops as well, as will Sean Rainey and I on Wednesday as well. So keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television. So let's start at the top here. you got 6-0 Bob, Bobcats and a 3-5 and Grizz team on the men's side. On the women's side, you got a couple teams coming off of sweeps that are both sitting at 4-2 in league play. Um just your initial thoughts on both of the Cackers matchups this weekend. I think that the narrative coming in is interesting because you could say for the first time in a while that maybe the Bobcats are the favorite coming in here at 6-0 and and a team that's at the top of the league standings. There's They have a two-game lead in the loss column over anyone else in the big sky. So you see that on paper. And then I think the biggest question that comes, and of course with my job title on the other side, I'm sure that uh, this wouldn't come off as just being from the middle of it, but are the Bobcats as good as their record? I mean, I think that that is a, a fair question to ask at 9-3 and three overall and 6-0 and oh in Big Sky play, yeah. and are they ready to overtake Montana and garner not only one win, but a sweep of this? What is the Bobcat perspective on it? Because we all know the last 10 years or so, it's been complete domination. The Bobcats sure. with only one win during it. So what are the questions going into that side? I know that we're going to touch on that. And, and on the women's side of things, can Mike Petrino get the big time win that this fan base has been wanting and everything in between because I tell you what from the Bobcat point of view on the women's side I think a split would be deemed as eh, okay if you get a split from the Lady Grizz perspective that would be a big time deal as they try and rebuild this thing a little bit yeah no question Uh, to address the first question I'll go I'll, I'll give you a Bill Parcells line you are exactly what your record says you are that doesn't necessarily mean much in the Big Sky Conference, though, because of the disparity of schedules, the unbalanced nature of schedules in both football and basketball, particularly this season. Uh, so there is a little bit of a caveat that comes with it. I think that being 6-0 is being 6-0, and so that's uh, worth acknowledging for sure for the Bobcats. But you're right. I don't expect, uh, when it all is said and done, I don't expect Northern Arizona or Northern Colorado or Portland State to be seeded teams at the Big Sky Tournament. Maybe Portland State because they have some athletes if they were able to um, get some more continuity. But that said, I think Montana State's going to be a tough matchup for a lot of teams in the league. They're just flat different than most of the teams in the league. Jabril Bellow's a real deal. He's a, re- he's a real big man in this league. He's not going to go get you 22 like Martin Broining, but he's going to be a steady 14 to 16 points per game guy. He's one of the best rebounders in the league. He got Big Sky Cowards Player of the Week two weeks ago because he averaged 11 rebounds a game against Portland State, and that's what you got to do to keep him off the glass. By the way, Ethan Esposito, the Big Sky Cowards Player of the Week this week from Sacramento State, he got the the lucky uh, fortune of playing three games in a week. I, that hasn't happened a lot of times, but even without the game on Monday against Idaho State, 
it would have been uh, hard to overcome what he did. I mean, he had 50 total points, including a career-high 26 points on Saturday against Montana. Uh, 11 rebounds on Thursday, 9 on on, yeah. uh, so he went 25 and 10 for the weekend against the Grizz. That's pretty pretty big numbers. Yeah, he's the real deal. I mean, they exclusively pound the ball to him in the post, and there were m- multiple isolation possessions there. Something that Brian Katz has not done historically. I mean, sure. going iso ball, and yeah. they give Esposito free reign to kind of do whatever he wants, and no surprise, well-deserved, and uh, he's a big piece of what Sacramento State wants to do this year. As far as the Cats go, though, they... First of all, they have two outstanding senior guards in Xavier Bishop and Amin Adamu. Those two guys are both microwave-type scorers. They're not going to be the create-your-own-shot-type guy. They're not going to be jump-shot type players. They just get to the rim over and over and over and over again. They relentlessly attack. They've had some games where they have been uh, pretty unproductive, so pretty bad shooting splits. They've also had games where they've gone off like almost no one I've ever seen play for the Bobcats besides Tyler Hall. That Adamu game at Northern Colorado still. I mean, Adamu made 10 consecutive field goals in that game. He he finished with 37 points. I mean, that's the 21st highest scoring total in the history of Bobcat basketball. For for a guy who's largely, yeah, I mean, he's he's a good player, but he's he's not like in the same breath as, you know, Tom Domenko and and Tyler Hall and and uh, Carlos Taylor and guys like that. So, uh, and, but the, that that's what both Adamu and Bishop can do. I mean, they both can go off. Bishop's had two different twenty eight point games this, this year. So, they they have guys that can do that. They have a big that can play. And they got some pretty good role players. The best thing I can say about Danny Sprinkle's team is I think that he has. I'm not saying he has the most talented roster. I'm not saying that he has the best team. He has the most fluid and most. Um, solid roster construction. They fit together. They have eight competent players that complement each other. And I think that's why they've proven that they can win big, they can win high scoring games and low scoring games. So I do think that Montana State, I'm not going to say they're quote unquote the real deal as of yet, but I do think they are much improved and they play a very pleasant style of basketball. I mean, I'll tell you right now, up until Thursday's action, I would have rather watched Montana State than Montana just from an aesthetic appeal because Montana has been at at times looked great and at other times just bang your head against the wall the way that they go through these cold streaks. So I do think the Bobcats play an exciting brand of basketball and it should be an interesting matchup. I want to tease this throughout the course of the week whether we get to it. I know we're running up against it for this hour, but the big question, I guess from the outside, you've watched Montana State more clearly than anyone else, but how are they different? Because we know that they have a stellar point guard and they have a stellar backcourt. We just talked about that. But how are they different than with a Tyler Hall, with a Harold Frey? I mean, because it seems like, okay, they're just plugging guys in. Xavier Bishop's a grad transfer from UMKC. Sure. How are they having this success despite losing two of their better players in program history? Um, well, let's be totally frank about this. <laughs> There was moments in time during the Brian Fish era where many, where multiple players on the Bobcat roster thought they were better than Tyler Hall and Harold Frey. There's, there was times when it wasn't just like false bravado. Like these guys really thought that they were better. They had the, the, the year that they started 4-0 and then lost 13 out of 15 down the stretch was one of the most excruciating seasons I've ever covered because I always tell people from a sports writer perspective, you either want you never want you're not rooting for the team you cover. What you want is the storylines. And so what you want is a team to be exceptionally good, exceptionally interesting or exceptionally bad. Mediocre because they're a chemistry train wreck is the worst type of team to cover because you're not going to get any real answers about why teams are sucking. The stories are horrible. 
everybody's in a bad mood. Nobody wants to talk nice about their teammates, so you can't write features. And that, I mean, it was honestly, it was a, a, a complete intangible element when they had some of those. I mean, they had Kelgen Blevins, who's in the NBA, Tyler Hall, who's in the G League, and Harold Frey, who's playing the top European league on the same team, and they went six and twelve in league play. That's that's, that's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So where Montana State's at now, I think that they just have a way better understanding of what everybody needs to do. Like Tyler Patterson, their freshman shooter, he knows that his job is to stand in the corner and knock down open threes. He doesn't think he's better than Xavier Bishop. In fact, he knows he's not. But he also knows that that's what makes him an important part of the team. Mike Hood, a guy that averages 14 minutes a game. He's fourth on the team in scoring. He knows his role, and he seems okay with it. I mean mean that in a good way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think Mike Hood's the best... um, the best bench score in the league. You said that a couple weeks ago. I remember. I mean, he's a walking bucket, man. He's had he's had uh, what seventeen plus points three times off the bench, including nineteen against Portland State two weeks ago. So he can really get it cooking. So it'll be interesting to see. We're going to get into some more of the X's and O's and the matchups for this whole thing. But I do think that uh, the main factor for Montana State in this is going to be handling the pressure because I do think that a lot of people are going to be deeming them as a favorite coming into this game. And so then how do they handle the pressure of being a favorite? It's it's a weird situation to be quote-unquote a favorite. If they are, who knows if they will be in the line or whatever when you haven't beaten the team you're favorite against in so long. Well, and I think the next three weeks are going to be great just to further that point, Coulter, is, okay, in the next three weeks, if the Bobcats go... Three and three is that acceptable? Is it two and four? What what's the expectation? Because these next three weeks will determine if you're a contender or pretender for sure. No question. It, it, it's also just so important because regardless of the quality of the wins, just having the six banked wins is huge. Because Montana State now they can have times when they stumble and they'll still be at least on the inside track towards getting one of those play uh, uh, excuse me tournament seeds and that's going to be key as we head into March. Montana Basketball Hour, Montana Football Hour is a combination of both. It's in the books, but we're going to keep rolling. More football, more Jeff Choate to Texas on the other side. Nuwana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.